and welcome to yet another episode of the broom boys i'm guy this is my compatriot buddy how you doing folks oh it is good to be back uh it's only been a week but still at the same time i i, I miss you guys when we're not talking to you so uh and, and what a what a week it's been with uh the coronavirus crease uh oh. all the nut nutty 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 stuff going on um I hope everybody is safe and warm and stocked up on supplies. And, you know, one more supply to stock up on is stuff to keep you entertained. And that's where we come in. Hopefully take your mind off things and just entertain you guys, even if it's just a little while. Right. Um, so let's let's why don't get right into the news. Let's get right into that. Um, what do you have for us this week? Because. I've been following some stuff, but it's been kind of slow. Yeah. Uh, we don't really have much in the way of news. There's just two things we're really going to talk about. Uh, and unfortunately, the first one is kind of a bummer. Uh, not kind of a bummer. It's a real bummer. But we lost uh, Max Von, Max von Sydow, uh this past week at the age of 90. Um you know, of course, his relevance to all of this is he was Lor Santeca in The Force Awakens, uh, but has also been in many, 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 many other things within the genres of sci-fi, uh, fantasy, and horror. He was the Three-Eyed Raven in Game of Thrones, uh, Father Marin on The Exorcist. Uh, he was in Judge Dredd. He's voiced characters in video games. Uh, here's one thing I didn't know. He was the voice of Vigo the Carpathian in Ghostbusters 2, but he wasn't credited for it. Oh, wow. I did not know that. I mean, here's you ready for a really interesting one? Yeah, hit me. Started his movie career in 1949. Only a mother. Wow, yeah. Uh, I think something along the lines of 150 total movies. Yeah, and wow. other projects. I mean, he was Blofeld in Never Say Never Again, James Bond movie, James Bond villain. Uh, man, yeah, what a career, what, what a legend. What he was, Father legend. Marin in The Exorcist. Yes, he was Father Marin in The Exorcist. Um, so that that's an interesting. What a movie that was, it's and like, still is, and absolutely it changed still. cinema. How odd. Yeah. It's like, how many of those that was he in that are just like uh, staples of the industry? I mean, how cool. How cool a life. What a career. Yeah, what a life and what a career. Um, Max von Sydow, you will definitely be missed. So, sure. news number two. Uh, due, in fact, to the coronavirus, it seems, uh, Disney made the decision to go ahead and release a couple of things ahead of schedule. Uh, and one of those things was the digital release of Rise of Skywalker uh, happened on uh, Friday night. It, uh, it popped up on my Facebook and I saw that it was out. And so I hopped into my Xbox marketplace and lo and behold, boom, there it was available for purchase. Uh, 
I only got to see it once in the theater, so I've been awaiting this home release so I could pick it up and watch it again to see if I had different uh, different views at the end of it. Because like I said, and I'm sure I've mentioned in multiple episodes before, when I saw it in the theater, it was just days after I had my appendix removed. So I was in a lot of pain, wasn't feeling well, and high on pain pills. Um, and didn't leave the theater feeling very great about it. And now for you, Guy, you also purchased it and you watched it for the very first time. So a lot of your opinions and knowledge of the movie have been informed by me and other sources. But now you have your own firsthand experiences. So why don't you go ahead and tell us what you thought of Rise of Skywalker? Um, what did I think of Rise of Skywalker? I I enjoyed it. I I really enjoyed the movie. I get what some people are saying. There were forced scenes that it was just like they had in there to undo what Last Jedi did. Those scenes um while I appreciated a huge amount of them, uh because I wanted to see more Luke. I wanted to see a lot of the things that they really completely just, I feel like, fucked up. But at the same time, it felt forced. It didn't feel like the amazing writing that I was hoping for that allowed for kind of an organic um, reunion or 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 kind of reconciling of the character. And it just... it. It didn't happen for me that way. Was I happy to see like Han and and Luke, even uh, Leia in all the roles and kind of how they summed up the characters? Yeah, I really loved the Han Solo scene. That was like how the contrast that they had uh, between that moment and the first moment when he takes his dad's life, that was really a moving scene for me. I really, it captured so much. And then the nod to, uh, I know that he's always said to uh, Leia and everything like that. That was another thing that was really a nice, nice, round out a final story for the character um that was that was my some of my favorite parts there some of the scenes now make more sense uh as far as how they went down but the reveal of palpatine is your grandfather when again now we know he's not really technically palpatine She's not Palpatine's granddaughter. He's he's her clone daddy. I really that's kinda, I mean that's kind of how I felt. Yeah, it was, no, it, I don't. Uh, I'm not really sure clone. how to. I'm not really sure how to reconcile that. I mean, of course the 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 clone of Palpatine says that you're my grandchild. So I mean, there you have right? it. Right. But at the same time, you're my grandchild, yet the clone is not the physical 
embodiment of the emperor. It is the the spiritual embodiment, the the soul, the essence of the emperor, his his cog- cognitive self, but not physically. So at that point in time, is he referring? At what point in time did he start cloning? Is he are those clones of clones? Or are they all... I mean, obviously, he had that one clone to go into, so did he have more than one at that point in time that he could have... It's like, there are questions in my mind, but it's uh, how I always come te- come down to it is, there's no fucking way that Sidious would have let an imperfect clone live, even just because it could live. That sounds like fucking Sidious, unless he had a plan that, oh, it could foster and bring me a child like ray well so could have every other perfect clone so i'm not quite understanding the the rationale that the author used to say that yes it's an imperfect clone it's bullshit it's bad writing it it's it's well okay hold on you're blending the book and the movie here let's just talk i know i am let's just talk about the movie Anyhow, so I mean, you saw you that. saw you saw the actor that was her dad, right? You saw that. Yeah, I did. did he doesn't look nothing like Ian McDermott. No, so he looks I, absolutely I nothing like him. I personally feel the whole her his son is a failed clone thing is a pure one hundred percent creation of the author. And if I have to choose between two sources of what to consider canon and what not to consider canon, I'm going to go with the movie because that does not just. okay. the clone has failed. It's still the genetic material. He's not going to turn into a completely different person. Like, yeah, I'm with you. I'm completely with you. So that that. But again, the scene where Ray finds out that that's her granddaddy, quote unquote. um, Okay, not her granddad, but you get what I'm saying. Uh, that's not the no quote, granddaddy. But... Go with granddaddy. Go with granddaddy. It's what the movie says. So let's go with granddaddy. Let's go with granddaddy. I I know that, but that's not exactly what they say. I can't, I'm not can't quote it because they never. He's like, yo Ray, yeah, what's up, Kylo? That's your granddaddy. Uh, no, but in essence, he gets down to it. That's 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 your grandpa. Um, and she was like, uh, it didn't have the same impact that Ray, you know, or or Luke, I'm your father, did. That was fucking dramatic. That had you, and it had everybody, and that reveal, and oh my god, and then you realize Luke kissed his sister so many times, and you're like, oh, ah, and it, it's, it was a great cinematic moment, and this, again, feel, felt really contrived. It, it well, didn't feel naturally or natural organic. Okay, well, allow me to interrupt and okay. just bring up something that I think contextually matters to this part of the conversation. The no, I am your father scene took place in 1980. We had no internet. We had no cell phones. We had no Twitter, no Facebook. We had no nothing. That secret was kept at the highest levels. In fact, I'm pretty sure like George Lucas, one other person and James Earl Jones were the only ones that knew about that. Um, And then I think they told the actors a little bit later on. In fact, I think I remember, I think I shared a video of Mark Hamill telling that story about how yeah, it when was he finally he found, found out. out. So yeah, I remember that. That was yeah, fucking so, hilarious. So now we're in the internet age and we had had whispers and rumors that that was what was that there was going to be a Palpatine and Ray relationship somehow for like a year before the movie came out. So do you think there's a possibility that given we're in the internet age and given that we 
had that somewhat spoiled, uh, do you think it would have hit harder had we no spoilers? Um, I don't think so. The only the biggest difference between the internet age and say 1980 is well, the spoilers and all those came less frequently. Um, but the speculation, if you had a year to speculate, we had Star Wars mega fan magazines, WWF fan magazines. Take your pick what magazine you had. But there were all these magazines of that that we were put out for fan um, consumption. I, I believe at that point in time, if we had existed back in 1980, you bet we would have speculated right down that road that that was his father. Because that's our that's our thing. We we like to do that, sure, which is another sure. reason to watch the show. But um, I mean, I was so, I was a baby in 1980, and I'm pretty sure you were too. Oh, I was. Uh, I was just saying, if we were able to do it back, if we were able to do what we're doing, sitting here right now, doing, I think we would have been able to do it. No, it wouldn't have been as quickly and as as, as uh, to reach as many people as it did, and it wouldn't have saturated as much of the the the. Um, population as it would have it would have only reached a certain amount of you know the hardcore diehard fans that get the comic book or whatever publication had um the fan appreciation and news and whatever um but it was it was there people had a way to to find out about it entertainment news the section in the newspaper had stuff like that so I, I think it just wouldn't have been as widespread. It would have been more regionalized and localized. But I, I, I do think it would have existed. And you would have had groups of people that clung, you know that probably would say, I saw it coming. Unless they really just nobody saw it coming because it hadn't really been done in a story before. Unless you get into something like Oedipus and, oh, that's my mom. But, oh, that's my dad. Um I think that that uh, is how I kind of see it. I think there's always been the speculation, always people going down and running down those stories, trying to figure out how they're going to turn out, like what we do. And well, but, I think there's uh, groups that are always accurate. I But we, ha- I, we, I don't we live think... in an age where it's more easily disseminated. Right, right. But I don't think back then, yeah, there might have been speculation, but there wasn't the out and out leaks that we get today. And and that that the the word, people were better about keeping a secret. Well, people, <laughs> I mean, literally, like we said, that secret of who was going to like of that line, because they they filmed a completely different line being said. I think it was Obi-Wan killed your father is what they said originally. Um, You know, and then, yeah, they revealed it to other people later on. And then, of course, James Earl Jones recorded the lines, I'm sure, separately on his own, and then they were dubbed in. I just think I the think if the interest was there, if the interest was there, they could have. I mean, look at I don't think, but that's a horrible thing is, example. I don't, I don't think the interest but was the there. masked singer. Well, hang on. I don't think the interest was there because people Either watching and watching a New Hope in 1977. You had Luke get rescued by Obi-Wan. They pulled him into the hut and they had the conversation. Here's your father's lightsaber. You knew my father? Oh, yeah, we served in the Clone Wars. He was a Jedi Knight, blah, blah, blah. Can you tell me what happened to my father? Oh, yeah, a young Jedi Knight named Darth Vader, who was a pupil of mine before he turned evil, helped the Emperor hunt down and kill the Jedi Knights. He betrayed and murdered your father. We 
assumed that was the story because they told us that story. I don't think anybody had any speculation about Darth Vader being Luke's father just based off that. And if there was, it was a very, very small number of people, but... Yeah. That's good writing though. That's that's writing that gives you enough to not have you ask questions and utilizes what you just said to to twist the story and fill in blanks that you, and propel things in a way that are emotionally investing. So I, I just I'm on the side to say that that's more a component of good writing and good secret telling but also uh, if you're the writer and you write something like that with the intent to mislead everybody off the entire course it's successful because that's not the the target of the story that's just like a filler of why you should hate this guy um but now we're also at a point in time where we've had it happen so many times in movies now where you get those little you know twists that it's getting harder and harder to twist people because everybody's like oh well i see where this is going at least that's me most of the time it's like knives out was a great example i know where this is going but not how and how they ended up telling the story was a such a the writer what did such a fabulous job editor who did ever i mean the producers everybody in that Ryan Johnson like of actors. the last Ryan Johnson of the last I know. Jedi Ryan Johnson I know. of the last Jedi yeah no knives out was a great movie my favorite part of it is how they literally were spoon feeding you the truth mm-hmm. but the truth from what was her name Marta just from Marta's point of view, just the information that Marta knew about what went down, everything they showed you in that movie was the truth. Oh, spoiler alert! If you haven't seen Knives Out, spoilers, 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 spoilers. Such uh, a great movie, though. How they how they movie. line it all up and continue to go down, and then I like this Sherlockian kind of uh, twist at the end, where he's like, one guy says one thing, and all of a sudden he's like, boom, stop everything, hold on, hold on, hold on. Oh, no, 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 no. This is not how this is going down. I loved that moment. That was like, it It was just really a nice, nicely done movie, really refreshing. Um, uh, PG-13. So it, not, not like profanity, you know, laden kind of what we're kind of used to from Goodwill Hunting. Um, but just this nice well done well acted movie that's in a lot of ways i liked how this movie port- went you know was on, was at on the small screen it, it it did well for me there um overall i really enjoyed the movie i i liked i i'm on the side of saying i actually enjoyed uh, Finn's character growth. I can't believe people were confused about the whole, he must love Ray. No, I, I never got the feeling not once watching that, that he had any of the hots for Ray. I always got the feeling like he felt her conflict and he felt her on the edge of sliding to the dark side. And his, he, he knew kind of what, was the moral of the story the group of them together could 
could overcome and it's always been the group has overcome the it's not just been i mean luke won the war with destroying the death star but there were other components and other parts uh the rogue one with them getting the plans for the death star there's always been everybody has a part to play and i i really like that they kind of pushed that narrative on the underneath um and drove that with the conflict inside Ray. Does she go th- about things on her own? And the further more she goes on her own, obviously, the further she slides. Um, up to the point in time where she o- he opens up everything and she ev- sees everybody falling and then gets the whole Jedi message and realizes they're all together. And which gives her the strength to push on. Um, it was, it was, you know, good storytelling that way. I, 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 I liked those components of it. I liked the, the family component of it. I, it was, it was good that way. I just was bummed that they had to do the salvage and save work that they had to do with, and do the, with the forced scenes and the, the, retcons i could almost say call them of the last jedi so eh um but definitely i i i got nothing to say but overall i liked it if if you just look past some of the more painful storytelling moments well all right that was one hell of a review from uh from guy over there i mean we went through newspapers and wizard world and knives out and even goodwill hunting to to you liked the movie all right i, I mean, <laughs> what what i you love asked? it no no i mean i dude i love it i love it i love it i love it i am not criticizing you at all i'm not criticizing you at all okay anybody so, at home who is i tell you you guys are all fuckers and i hate your faces, uh, but i love you, you know all what anyway. you know what man here's the thing i know about isn't us that as, bipolar we are us as, and by us, I mean, Star Wars fans <laughs> is we are fickle fucks. Uh, right. We, we are true. rarely ever a hundred percent happy with everything. So, I mean, that's I, so, kind of where I also took for took my stance from is I wasn't going to enjoy it all. Yeah, no, no. I mean, I think rogue one and the Mandalorian, I think I enjoyed in the high nineties for both of them. You know, I mean, it is what it is, but yeah. So, I had my second and third viewings of Rise of Skywalker this week. Um, I watched it immediately Friday night when it came out, and then I watched it Saturday evening with my spouse. Um, and, you know, even she had some of the same complaints that you brought up, some of the issues I've brought up in the past in prior discussions about it. But I will say that I enjoyed the movie more the second and third time around than I did in, in the movie theater. Like maybe it was the fact that I was in pain post surgery and the and the the medication and all that, um, but yeah, no the the movie, the movie hit me better than my first viewing. Um, I don't rate it as the worst Star Wars movie of all time. I'll never, I'll never put it there. I mean, Attack of the Clones no. has that honor and has and has had that honor for going on twenty years now, um, and it will keep that honor. <laughs> It's going to take a real pile of shit to dethrone Attack of the Clones. Well, Um, and 
what you also have to understand is they they also have to go through um fucking phantom menace i i rewatched phantom menace dude and that was fucking it was hard i liked it when it came out oh i loved it when it came out and i still i still enjoy it you know like the the, just the fact that we see Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan, like we get to see Jedi actually being Jedi. I thought that just that part of it alone is enough for me to kind of mask my disgust for a lot of the other story points going on. Because uh, I really like Qui-Gon. I really, really like Qui-Gon. And I love, I love hearing his voice, even if it's just for a minute in Rise of Skywalker, just for a second when he's talking to Rey. Really dig hearing his voice again. Um, Best and part I, of the movie was Qui Gon and and Obi Wan. I will say that without a doubt. Best part of that whole movie was them. Oh yeah, unequivocally. Um, and that's and that's not to say that uh, that Natalie Portman did a bad job as Padme uh, or anything else, but you know it was it was a first crack at a story that he'd wanted to tell for a while and. You know, he took he took a few shots, and by he we mean uh, George Lucas took a few shots, and not all the shots landed. So, in fact, most of them missed. But he did he did hit some very some decent stuff. I mean, like we said, Maul, Maul, just Maul, Maul, Maul is yeah. amazing, and all the Maul on, scenes were great. Yeah, and lives on to now to today, and is still a relevant character in Star Wars. And so, I mean, without Phantom Menace, we wouldn't have Maul. So. Uh, that alone is a redeeming factor. Um, but yeah, no, I really, I, I, I enjoyed the movie a lot more. And in fact, I, I ended up having problems with, um, with a couple of scenes that I didn't have problems with in the theater. And then a couple of scenes I saw in the theater that I had issues with, I ended up liking a little bit more. Um, good to know. I really wish that they would, um. I would like to have seen an extended cut of the training montage with Luke and Leia uh, during the little the yeah, little flashback that was really scene. Short. It was it's really short. I would like to have seen it go on a little bit longer. Um, you know, I would like, uh, yeah, I would just I would like more. I would like this director's cut that the rumored whispered director's cut. I would like the director's cut. Uh, I would I want to see more. And yes, and more includes, I hope there is more Luke Skywalker, because I was really, really hoping we'd get a scene or two of Luke showing up as a forest ghost and not really so much torment Kylo, but to be like, kid, you know, what are you doing? What are you doing? <laughs> right? Yes. Yes. That would have been, I would, those would have been more organic than him catching the lightsaber. That felt like this Moana moment where the ghost becomes physically tangible and i never felt before when the force ghosts visited that they were physical manifestations well Um, i mean i think they're a manifestation of some form of energy and energy you know can physically be present i mean you look at like when i think it was return of the jedi after yoda died and obi-wan showed up to talk to luke like they sat down on a log together so, I mean, Obi-Wan was literally sitting on something, whereas, you know, physically a ghost wouldn't technically need to do that. So, 
I and suppose then, you know, you're right. I we just... saw we saw Yoda call down the 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 lightning to the tree in Last Jedi. So I mean, yeah, I don't know, I don't know. But I mean, it was a cool way to introduce Luke having him walking out of the flames of the Tie Fighter. But yeah, the whole catching of the light. I don't like the line, a Jedi should have more respect for their weapon. I didn't like that line at all. I didn't like that she threw it in the first place. The, the, I don't care what you think you're doing, but why the fuck would you? It doesn't make any goddamn sense to me. Well, Even I mean, if it's you were tired of being a Jedi. It's obviously, you know, going back to when Luke was handed the Jedi in, or the, the saber in Last Jedi and threw it over his shoulder. A Jedi should have more respect for his weapon or, you know, whatever. You know, so it's that. It's a callback, a throwback, whatever you want to say. It's to Good that. Good point. But, yeah, no, I didn't I didn't like that line. Um, but I liked everything else Luke had to say. Um, like, I just yes, wanted agreed. more. I just wanted more. I just wanted more. That's all. Just more Luke. More because Luke. I get, I get that it's Ray's story and it's fine, but... Um, I just wanted more. And then, you know, like, I don't understand why she buried the lightsabers at the end. Like, like those are lightsabers. She's, I mean, supposedly or supposedly or theoretically should be training Jedi. Those are lightsabers. Yes, they're going to build their own, but at the same time, they those are training tools those are parts those are crystals i don't understand why she buried them like luke's burying luke's at that farm on tatooine i can see but why bury leah's too you know it's just a little it's a little confusing right Uh, i'm not gonna disagree i saw her do it and i was thinking why did she do it all i could think is well i've seen countless everything where they'll pull them up out of the ground uh on however many years and they'll turn them on and the things will come on and not be bothered by the sand so uh, hiding them would be all i could think really but i don't think that was her reasoning that's mine right Um, but hiding them from who and for what i mean and even though the line didn't make the movie, it's pretty obvious that Finn is force sensitive. I mean, he he literally right. he sense he senses when Ray dies after she defeats Palpatine. Although why that killed her, I don't know. Um, just in the same kind of vein as I don't know why Ben died. You know, like his his death served no story purpose. So I'm not I I don't agree with his death. I think. Unfortunately, Star Wars is in this mindset that in order for redemption to be total and complete, the redeemed person has to die. And I don't think that we needed to mirror him with Darth Vader that close. I think they did it because they're lazy. I think they didn't want to have to explain or justify his how he would be treated to people other than Rey upon his return to the good side and how to deal with his destruction of uh, the Jedi Academy and all the kids that didn't follow him, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I, I don't think they wanted to have to answer that. I wanted to be, I think they wanted a clean cut 
he died so no no we don't he gets to be a hero now and those kids uh well they it was just because he wasn't the same person and it becomes it becomes easy and i think they did it because it becomes easy and if their entire intention which i told you after seeing the film after seeing a lot of the stuff my mind has been flipped I don't think we're going to see any more Rey or any more Star Wars in the time period the Skywalker saga took place. I think if we see Baby Yoda, it's going to be a couple hundred years into the future. Rey's going to be dead. We might, might see flashbacks. We might see little things that ultimately, that just for Easter egg value, but... I, I think the Skywalker era is dead. I think it's done. Yeah, I mean, except for obviously, like you know, the Mandalorian and the Obi Wan show are going to exist roughly in those in those time frames. But yeah, um, we'll find out. I'm I know that I'm pretty sure just based on all the all the speculative articles that we've seen and talked about over the last few weeks that there is at least an interest in retaining Daisy Ridley to carry on in one way or another. And maybe they don't have her on contract and maybe she for right now has been like, no, I don't want to do it anymore. I want to do real acting. I want to do whatever. And that's fine. You know, I mean, I'm not her manager. I'm not her agent. And I'm definitely not going to be the guy that's like, no Daisy, you owe it to, to us to keep star Wars alive and going. No, I don't care. Um, if she wants to do it, she'll do it. If she doesn't, she won't. Um, and the same can be said for every other character and every other actor. Um, agree, you know, but I know that Disney probably has an interest in retaining at least her at least for one or two more movies. And we'll find out people, people can change all the time. People's opinions can change. You know, we've heard how many times that an actor is done. And then the next thing you know, they're in three more movies, you know, um, <laughs> right. All the you time, know, all the time. It happens all the time. So We'll we'll see what the future holds. But uh, did you notice? Uh, did you notice how she activated her lightsaber? It's like a little like a dial, like almost like a cog that she just turned yeah. to the left. I thought that was really cool. Well, I felt like it also made it made me wonder if it wasn't going to be adjustable. Like she flipped it all the way on, but what happens if she goes half a flip? Well, like, like she can like the blade length can be adjusted, right? It, I mean, would it be? And I'm not saying it's it's the case. I don't know if we'll, we'll ever find out or if it's really really important at all. But and the other thing was, didn't it seem really chunky? It does seem a little chunky. Yeah, it does for sure. But I mean, that was it's made from her staff, so she did the she did the thing that was a part of Legends, where the lightsaber hilt should be something that you're connected to. Uh, so mm -hmm. I dug that. Yeah, yeah, definitely that way. I like that completely. But yeah, no, I mean, the uh, the adjustable lightsaber blade is something that they did in Legends. Uh, some of the Jedi in um, that Luke trained at one point or another had special little special little tricks and tactics with the adjustable lightsabers that they would do. So it would be a cool little nod. If uh, it turns out that that was the purpose of the dial. Well, she feels like a whole lot more tech savvy 
than any other Jedi or that we've really run into. I mean, than Obi Wan, Qui Gon, Luke, you like, name it. Not Anna. I would I would say she's on not I Anakin. Say, I would say Luke is on par with her. Um, does it seem like Luke had a lot of a lot of the same sort of skill set that Anakin did? You know, with uh, with droid maintenance and cleaning and repairs and working on a farm and working on moisture evaporators. I think Luke was a little more, a little more tech savvy than they showed. Um, I think you, now that you mention it, you're probably right. I didn't even think about all that, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, so let's, I mean, there's, it's really, you know, Anakin obviously was a genius at all that stuff, but whether that was, um, you know, whether that was the force working through him or natural skill or both, we don't really know. Uh, but yeah, no, there've been a lot of, a lot of, you know, handy for lack of a better word, handy Jedi, uh, through, throughout the series. But yeah, no, I mean, she definitely seems to have some talent. Um, she knows her way around repairing starships. We saw that. Um, I'm just wondering Leah must have taught her, or maybe it was in the books. Maybe it was in all those, all the, the the books that she saved and she had, and we saw her reference the Wayfinders in. Maybe there was lightsaber construction instructions in there, and that's how she I, built I'm her I'm going to believe there was. I think there was. I think you're right. Well, yeah. I mean, in Legends, that's how Luke builds his green lightsabers. He goes to Obi-Wan's hut uh and finds all of the necessary parts and the instructions on how to build a lightsaber uh and and luke luke even said something to the effect it was almost as if obi-wan knew i would need these someday and so he left them for me i'd be curious to find out at some point if they don't reference that new the the new canon i'm, I'm curious to know if they did already um but yeah Definitely something to check out and see if they have. Maybe the um, Kenobi show will shed some light on it. Right? Totally. That would be really cool. That would be a good good nod. Um. So, if... Now, there was another part of the whole news that we did bring up about the whole... Um, oh, what were you saying? Before we got started on the whole good good topic of them releasing this early and it wasn't because of anything um but anyway what i would say is we did another thing that we can say about uh old news or stuff that we'd like to recap on um i do want to reach and say um last week and just another reason people should be listening to the broom boys um we nailed a couple of our news stories on the head. This is not the first time we've done it. We have talked about the Palpatine. We talked about the Palpatine stuff uh, way before we started recording these things. We have talked about a huge amount of the trajectory of the the stories and and got them. Um, if not right, we definitely thought about it, but. Turns out that, yep, Padme's double is actually who Darth Vader found. Um, would the topics that did come out were, uh, you know, we did hit pretty much every one of the reveals about Rise of Skywalker that they said about Palpatine. These are all stuff 
that I don't know if you look, we can see it. it we, we like to, we like to see it coming. Um, and there is, I remember what it was. There is another thing that was released that is kind of fun. If you guys watch YouTube TV and that is star Wars galaxy of adventures. It's uh, they brought back new episodes for that. So you can check that out on YouTube TV. Um, and other than that, I think, should we get to the show, to the actual heart of the show, the meat of it? Well, sure, but yeah, I mean, like like he said, we've been we've been in the speculation business on this podcast since episode one, and you know we're not insiders. We're we're like raised parents in the Last Jedi. We're nobodies from nowhere. Like nobody knows who we are. We have no connection to Lucasfilm, Disney, anything apart from being fans. And we have been able to call or predict or be accurate in our speculation on a lot of things. Um, and I think that's just a credit to our insight. Now, to be fair, some of the stuff we're accurate on, I think, is pretty obvious. But, you know, it, we're going to keep being accurate, I feel. I don't, I don't feel like we're uh, reading the tea leaves wrong about a lot of this stuff. So, I mean, you be ahead of the curve with us. And join in the speculation with us because a, a big step we just took was launching our official Facebook page. Um, and that's just they have to search the Broom Boys, right, guy? Uh, as long as you I believe as long as you search the Broom Boys, we, I can double check this actually right now. Let's let's see what happens. Um, so right now we'll just tell you search, search the Broom Boys. If that changes, uh, I'll let you know. And you should be able to find our page. Yeah. Yeah. It's I mean. It's in its infancy, obviously, much like the podcast, where it's everything has a starting point. Um, but yet, we're hoping, we're really, really hoping. We know that there are people listening. I mean, we're not we're not breaking massive numbers, but we know we have an audience, and we know that people are at least somewhat interested in what we have to say. So, but please, we would love to hear from all of you guys on Facebook or on Twitter at broom underscore boys, broom underscore boys. Please engage with us. Reach out. Tell us what you like. Tell us what you don't. Tell us what you want us to talk about. Um, we'll be happy to address each and every one of those things. But uh, yeah, get us on social media. Uh, are we in a, Are we going to do an Instagram? Have we decided on that or not? I, I believe we will be launching an Instagram soon. And if you do search, like, I search Broom Boys on Facebook, and as long as you're on the posts page, um, you'll find us pretty quick. We're right towards the top. You'll see our our wonderful buddy and guy logo, uh, us in a sweet-ass car. Um, it's It's... Just go with it, guys. Believe me, it's it's a lot cooler sounding than it looks. Um, but you'll be able to spot us. You'll be able to find us. And then, yeah, just search Facebook for Boom Boys. And, yeah, we'll come up. Excellent. So, All right. So um, now that we've taken care of a little bit of shopkeeping, a little bit of business mid-episode, uh, we, of course, on Friday, not only got the rise of Skywalker, but we got episode four of Clone Wars season seven entitled unfinished business, uh, 25 minute episode, uh, maybe the culmination of the bad batch storyline for now. Uh, and definitely the strongest episode so far we've had this season. 
without a doubt that was it was nice to get this episode it 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 felt moving it felt i don't know there was something about it that just made me feel kind of like when i'd watched the mandalorian like that's some star wars and yeah and wars should be emphasized cuz we saw a lot of a uh, lot of fighting I mean, and of course, every episode we've had this season so far has been pretty heavy on combat, but this is the heaviest combat episode we have. Um, so essentially, it launches out with, you know, where they they want to try to win this battle for Anaxis. And they're discussing how to do that. You know, they're, they're still afraid that they're going to lose. Uh, Admiral Trench is discussing, you know, hey, the loss of of echo as the asset doesn't really matter so much because he still has, what did he say? Intuition or something like that. Or, uh, we, I believe they still actually had some component of the algorithm. They still they had, not... it seemed like an odds predictor sort of thing. It didn't seem yeah. like the actual like fed information, but it was like, Oh, based on the, the, the Republic is doing X, Y, and Z. So we should do a, B and C. Like that's yeah, it kind felt of like they still like had something. Yeah, they still had something. So, uh, you know, the Republic is like, well, we need to try to win this battle, but we don't know how we're going to do it. And Echo says, hey, you know, if you plug me in or if you let me access, I can feed them fake data um, and I can predict what they're going to do. And we can we can basically set a trap. Um, so we get one more. Uh, behind enemy lines mission where it's Echo, Rex, and the Bad Batch along with Anakin. They're going to go and infiltrate Trench's command ship so Echo can be plugged in and do his thing. Um, on the on the ship ride up, we see uh, you know Echo plugs in and sends like a fake identity or transponder for the ship, confuses the battle droids. And they're normal battle droids this time too. They're not the Techno Union ones. Did you notice no, that? Yeah, but this is trench because uh, that's the other part. It's not the techno union that we're seeing. We're just we're seeing. Oh, you're Admiral right. Trench. You are a hundred percent right. Trench is not a part of the techno union. It's Watt Tambor. No, you're right. Sorry. Yeah. No. Good call, bud. Um, well, and that was what makes me believe that I don't think they're getting the best models from them. Oh yeah. No, you're well. I but I always thought the battle droids were a creation of the Trade Federation. Ooh. But, you know, I don't know. Hmm. Maybe because we Good see questions. them, we see them in Phantom Menace for the first time on the Trade Federation ships. Um, hmm. Yeah. So, so anyway, maybe they're upgrades. I don't know. Possibly, possibly. Anyway. So, but we see, you know, Obi-Wan and Mace Windu are going to be leading the ground attack, uh, you know, along with the 501st Legion, I assume. Um while they go and do their thing on the ship. Uh, so they infiltrate and, you know, the battle on the planet begins. And that's where we see Trench, you know, make his little speech about, no, we don't we don't need all of it. It'll we can still figure this out. We can still beat them. And, you know, they say, oh, if we do this, you know, we'll we'll win. And we get pretty I think a pretty badass Mace Windu scene during the at the beginning of the battle when him and Obi-Wan flip in and he says something along the lines of I've destroyed like a hundred thousand of you 
if you if you surrender now, we will reprogram you to fight for us. You don't you don't have to die. And then, of course, you know, they're like, kill them. And then, you know, so they have to start killing battle droids. Um, you know, we get uh, we get Echo. They get Echo where he needs to be on the ship. Uh, they trash some battle droids on the way. And again, we see some battle droid personality come out where the last one alive is like, not the face, not the face, you know. And, you know, little little humor, I guess. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, we see the Bad Batch being the Bad Batch and just being badasses. Uh, I, I liked I liked how they rolled that out with record, just kind of going through and and I got the first one and then not wanting to let Crosshair do his thing. Oh, he's just he's going to outdo me. Well, wasn't that after after they had completed their mission? Oh, was that after? That might have been. I yeah, could be. Because, I could be jumping the gun. I think I'm jumping the. Yeah, they're you're going jumping out. The, That's, you're jumping the I'm gun jumping a little the gun, bit. But, I'm sorry, but no, it's fine. So they, you know, Echo does his thing, and then they send. They detect the 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 signal that he's doing, and he, you know, he uses it to. Uh, what is it? Okay, so the trait or the the Federation trench. Their algorithm predicts that if they send all their battle droids to combat Obi Wan and Mace Windu that the Republic will rely on the Jedi and not send reinforcements. And so that's what happens. You know, they trash the first group of battle droids that are in there and then like loads more come streaming in. Uh, but then Echo. Oh, does... that's right. Cause Trench didn't realize that they didn't have that. He, I don't think he knew at that point in time that they'd lost. Um, They'd lost the, Oh, what did they say? I uh, call him the experiment. At that point in time, when Trench first asked, you know, told them to send a message to the Techno Union, and Echo intercepted that from the beginning and didn't let the Techno Union know that they were contacting them so they would not relay the message to Trench. Right, right, yeah. That's right. And then. At some point in time, they find out during the whole thing that either communications are blocked or something that happens, but they learn that they something's wrong or something was up, I think. Well, it was so when when the droids all showed up, you know, they said, oh, send all the droids to here and, you know, they'll rely on the Jedi, but there'll be too many droids. They started Echo sent like a feedback loop or whatever and started frying all the droids and then that's when they detected mm -hmm. the signal and then that's when they sent um Oh no, no. So the, all the droids got fried and then Trench said, Oh, you think I don't have a backup plan? And he activated the bomb that would destroy all of Anaxis. Uh if it allowed yeah. to, if it was allowed to detonate. And so Mace Windu went after the went after the bomb. I've got the episode in my head, but for some reason it's jumbled. So Mace went after the bomb. And, I'm with you. And then Echo is feeding Rex the codes and co to deactivate it. And um, Rex is feeding it to Mace Windu. And then they're just about to get the last digit to get the bomb deactivated. When they send, they detect what Echo is doing and they send like a feedback pulse to him and they fry him. And yeah. he, he's knocked out. He's unconscious. So... They have one number to go. Mace is like, okay, I'm just going to hopefully maybe 
guess the correct one, but you see him kind of hesitating. Anakin says, well, if he can't pull the code out of the computer, I'll let me see if I can go pull it out of trench. So he goes sprinting to the bridge um, and trashes the, the soldiers fairly easily. We see him start to interrogate Trench. Trench gets kind of lippy, and then we see Anakin slice off his robotic limbs. Uh, Trench had some robo or some artificial mandibles, legs, whatever you want to call them, and mm-hmm. you know Anakin slices and dices them, and then that convinces Trench that he needs to speak up. Speak up. Gives Anakin the last number. Anakin feeds that to Mace Windu. Mace Windu deactivates the bomb and then now at this point tell me if i'm wrong but you're wrong damn it never mind then Uh, oh no you had okay you okay sorry go ahead anakin thank you well no i was fine with that uh but anakin do you feel this moment of anakin's story is incredibly dark I I think like we're starting to see it slipping that way. Yeah, because I was go down. He turned his back on Trench and Trench like had a cane or something that he uh, electrified and then he 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 zaps Anakin with it, but it's, you know, not enough cuz Anakin's a Jedi. And then, you know, Anakin so, runs him through and kills him. Just I mean, without hesitation, without pause, just like it was, it, like he was waiting for a reason to just like, and it's done. Well, I mean, now tell me if if you disagree with me. Tell me if you think I'm wrong. But don't you feel like him severing limbs or mandibles or whatever the hell he cut off is like torture? Yep. Did. So I mean, a Jedi, he literally tortured him. Now I'm wondering why couldn't he use the force to go into his head and find it? Maybe that would take too long. I don't know. But I mean, definitely, I think we had a little bit of torture going on from Anakin. And then can I justify him killing Trench? Yes. One could say that Trench clearly had a weapon and clearly meant to incapacitate or kill Anakin with it. And Anakin acted in self-defense, but, uh, well, how many times have we seen uh, one of the Jedi kill a member of the, um, what, this, this is, right now they're the Separatists, right? Yeah, the Separatists. Yeah. Um, so, n- name a time where we have seen one of them kill a Separatist and be like, oops, oh well, I shouldn't have done that. And normally it's without, I mean, even like Grievous, Dooku, any of them, they were never like, oh, I didn't mean to do that. Well, wait, Dooku, he did, or it was that—that that was a really big moment. Yeah, and I mean that move, that moment in Revenge of the Sith. I mean, I think it was one of the one of the better acting moments from Hayden Christensen. You saw that action take a toll on him. I mean, you saw yeah. it in his face, like the emoting was like it was almost like he it was almost like he ate something that disagreed with his stomach, you know, and he was just like, oh, you know, what the hell. And then, you know, he was remorseful about it to Palpatine. He was like, I shouldn't have done that. That's not the Jedi way. We don't execute prisoners. Um, I don't know. I think I think the death of Trench falls into something of a gray area where, yes, you could probably say that there was justification. But 
I mean, he definitely just straight up killed him with that. Like, he could have disarmed him. He could have force shoved him, he, subdued him. He could have done any number of things. He yeah, could have cut off the real limbs. He could have. Yeah, he could have done any number of things. So, so yeah, I'm, I am I felt totally it was a completely one of those moments where you just watch the dark side kind of just slip slip a finger um, and, and just kind of like wrap itself around and just, just one tendril, just one little bit at a time. Um, and that we're, we're seeing that fall that ultimately leads to all the actions Anakin, um, takes in Revenge of the Sith. I, we're, I, I feel like they're showing us the lead up his, his complete fall. I mean, by the time this is done, you're going to be able to watch, the beginning of the Clone Wars to the end of Revenge of the Sith and just watch the entire timeline of his fall. Well, yeah. And I mean, unfortunately, I think that includes Attack of the Clones. But I mean, it is what it is. I mean, okay, so just watch like the last half an hour of Attack of the Clones and then go into Revenge (laughs) of the Sith and then watch the Clone Wars and then watch Revenge of the Sith. That's all you need. Or, or um, skip it and just read the wiki or the the Wookie wiki wiki Wikipedia. What Wikipedia. a great website! We love you, Wikipedia. Uh, Word. So yeah. So uh, after he kills Trench, we see him reach into Trench's chair and pull an object out, and we're like, "What is that?" But whatever. So he goes racing back to try to catch up with the Bad Batch, but the the Bad Batch is making their escape, uh, and you know again. We get to see the Bad Batch putting their badassitude on display. Um, you know, Wrecker goes charging down a hall and just slices and dices. Um, no, that this might have been where we had the battle droids say, not the face, not the face. Yeah, um, this is where it says, yeah. not the face, not the face. He, They get the passed out Echo, and they're all making their way back, and they're getting all the, the corridor is getting filled up with droids and Wrecker says, I got this. And he goes tearing through and just kills or destroys all those droids. And then the not, not the face, not the face. And then, yeah, he takes care of the last one and everybody goes running through. And then you see crosshairs, crosshair say my turn. And he's like, Oh no, no. And that's uh what's his name is like tech is like, I don't remember what he says, but it basically, it, just come on record kind of thing and it's going to happen. And I thought he was throwing out mines at first. Yeah. I thought he was planning explosives and that they were going to detonate those when, after they escaped the ship, but it turns out they were mirrors or some sort of reflective surface. Cause after, after he sets out a number of them, uh, we see him pull his sniper rifle out. And shoot one of them as a line of battle droids is skipping through the halls. And that blaster bolt just bounces and cleaves its way through every battle droid in its path. All the way back. I mean, and he was putting them all the way back, like, the whole time since Wrecker (laughs) first took out that first line. So it was, that bolt continues further than we even see it go. Um, And, yeah, it's like... And that's when you see Wrecker all bummed because he got beat again. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, Wrecker's a good character. Actually, I like the whole dynamic of the Bad Batch. I think it's fun. 
Um, Agreed. And, and, and in a cartoon where fun isn't necessarily the the goal or the uh, the purpose, uh, yeah, they they definitely bring some levity to a clearly very serious situation. Um, so we see them get to their ship. They reunite with Anakin and they take off. And after they're clear of the ship, uh, Anakin hands Wrecker, says, hey, Wrecker, I got a present for you. And he hands the object he took off the bridge to Wrecker. And uh, Wrecker is very, very happy. And he's like, well, for me, really? And he goes, yep, yep, for you. And uh, it turns out it's a, destroy the whole ship. <laughs> it's a detonator of some kind. Um, and he presses the button and... Trench's ship detonates, and then a couple other ships in proximity to it also uh, detonate. Um, so Wrecker wins in the end. Um, we get to the planet, to the Rebel ba- or the Republic base. They're celebrating their victory. Um, you know, Obi Wan and Mace Windu is like, "Hey, we got some medals for you guys. You've earned them." And so Rex and Echo start to head off and the Bad Batch doesn't follow. And they're like, it's not really our style. We're not into we're not into medals. Um, But they say, hey, you know, if you ever want to roll with us, you're more than welcome to. We've got a spot for you in our crew on our team. Uh, And so Rex goes and is like, we can't keep the generals waiting. Come on. And Echo is hesitating and he's kind of wistfully watching the Bad Batch walk away. And, you know, Rex basically says, look, I know you want to be with them, so go be with them. Uh, I can't remember exactly how we put it. He had some kind of poetic way of doing it. Do you remember? I, he, Yeah, he actually, I really liked the scene. He's like, He was like, there's no better batch of soldiers that I've ever been with. If you want to join them, you would be, uh, that's, they're, good, they're a good group to join. Um, and you should do it. And it was like a moment that it was really nice because you also see Rex tip his hat to this kind of group that at first, when he first meets them at that first episode, it's kind of like they're at odds. And you see this development of respect between the two, uh, between him and the group by the time it gets to this point. But there was a question about it that I actually had that scene with Anakin and Wrecker, right? Um, on the shuttle. Yeah. On the shuttle coming back where he hands him the detonator. They also got it on, got it on well with Anakin. They almost created a bond between the bad batch and Anakin in my, that one episode, I really felt like this just, they they really liked Anakin. I think they like his style. Yeah, I think they like the cut of his jib where he's, you know, not a very meditative, thoughtful, oh, let's sit down and think about this sort of Jedi. He's very much an action-oriented sort of cat. So I, I'm still on the fence about which side we're going to see them go after Order 66 because... That is kind of to me. That could be a little bit of foreshadowing how they how they kind of showed that bonding develop. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's anything is certainly possible with how it's going to go. I don't know that I I I don't know that I buy that idea of them um, turning. On I know you're the on Republic. the other. You're on the other camp. Well, I I just I think that they're. 
I think that their mutations makes their programming um, questionable, to say the least. Um, they're they're way more independent than any other clones. I mean, you know, we see Rex, you know, as obviously a fairly independent thinking clone. We see there's some other examples of clones kind of ignoring their programming over the course of the whole series. But I mean, they're definitely the most free thinking, independent, independent acting clones that we've seen. And I don't, I don't necessarily see that one that they're even like on the same sort of communications net that the rest of the clones are. And are they even going to get the call to activate order 66? And even if they do, is it going to have any effect on them? I just, I don't know, but I don't, they're good questions. I mean, they really yeah. are good questions. I, just, I can't I say, like I said, I'm on the fence still. I, I, just, I can see I, it going either way. I just, I don't see them having this four episode build up to where we're made to like them. We're made to, I mean, care about them. Echo, you know, ends up joining them at the end. Um, you know, and I mean, the same bond that they built with Anakin, I think you can say that they built with Rex. Um and we know Rex doesn't follow Order 66 in the end. Um, but we know Cody did. But we know Cody did. And we know the majority of the clone troopers do. Um, so I just, I I know we don't expect it, but it's kind of, it could, it, they could turn into some really bad dudes. They could also turn out to be some really like heroic dudes. They're, they got some very specific skills. Right. See, and now here's the thing. Here's, here's another thing is like, okay. Liam Neeson quote. <laughs> they've, they've a little bit of Qui-Gon wisdom shining through right there. Right. Um, you know, like you said, we've seen them build this bond with Anakin. Now, the space between Anakin's official fall and when he gets sliced and diced by Obi-Wan and becomes Vader is very, very, very short. It looks like a day or two tops, probably. If you're looking at Revenge of the Sith, it's not like there's a great period of time between when the order is issued and when Obi-Wan fights him on Mustafar. Um, mm -hmm. And then, you know, probably his first quote-unquote public appearance would be as Darth Vader. And... Darth Vader was what he's known as. I mean, it was a pretty, I don't want to say well-kept secret, but it seemed to be something of a secret that Vader is Anakin. So I'm wondering if we if we do actually end up seeing them anymore in the series, because there's a chance we might not even see them ever again, um, is if they will, if they will ally with the Jedi because they remember how awesome Anakin was without knowing that Vader is actually Anakin. You get what I'm saying? Like, mm -hmm. I, I'm not, I don't rule that one out uh, at all. I am completely 100% on the fence. I can't decide which way I think it's going to go. Uh, I don't know because there are so many parts of this storytelling that is unique in the way it's being done. Not only is it like, unique when they first did the clone wars because they were doing this huge episode even the first trilogy um or like not the the four through six but one through three um 
they were telling a story that you already knew how it was going to end. Yes, so, that is very true. We're now telling a story like Red Dead Redemption 2 did to Red Dead Redemption. Like, it's budding right up to the end of it. Um, and that is such a unique place to be because, again, you know how it turns out to a degree. But there's certain aspects of the whole thing that you don't know how it turns out or there's not a whole lot of clear answers to um, that will definitely be interesting to see how they answer those questions. Like all the characters they've introduced, how do they, how do they end their story? How do they round it out and, and, and finish it and complete it? Um, if you already know how the next trilogy of movies go or the next movies go and they're never mentioned, did they die? Did they not die? Why didn't we mention them again? You have to explain that to some degree now because you've invested our, our quote-unquote emotion or attention into these characters. And if they don't answer those questions, you're going to just get... I think a lot of unhappy viewers because you're going to have a lot of open ended story and a whole lot of holes. Um, so I don't know. I, I just don't know how it's going to end because we don't have a clear definitive answer of what happens to the bad batch when we get to revenge of the Sith. I, I, uh, you happens? know, there's, there's a big part of me that wonders or actually, there's a big part of me that suspects that we're going to see, we're basically going to see the events play out to where another cartoon series will will be introduced via the end post of this show. Sith. Yeah, post-Sith. I think we'll see, I think, and maybe that's where the Bad Batch and Echo and Rex and maybe some others will come in. I don't see how, with eight episodes left... They're going to introduce yet another storyline for the Bad Batch and conclude it. Like I said, we've spent four, we've spent a third of this season on the Bad Batch. Um, we have. Oh, they were test marketing. That would make a lot of sense if they were deciding to use the first four episodes to do it as a test market for the for a new show. Yeah, let's oh let's let's see how these Bad Batch people are received. They're always and doing we'll go that from there. I mean that is that is how freaking television has constantly worked. That you yeah. watch, I watch freaking the, my kids watch the Disney Channel shows all the time, and I can tell you right now, um, like they watched this show, uh, Victorious or something, I think, and then that spawned into this other one, uh, Sam and Cat or something, and it's just like, and then there was these other shows that they watched some. God, I don't even remember. It was some summer camp show that was a runoff of another babysitting show before that. So it's like Disney is in the market of doing exactly that. Well, I mean, shows have been doing that since time in memoriam. You know, Happy Days spawned Mork for Mork. And Joni and Chachi and Cheers spawned Frasier. And, you know, CSI spawned spawned 97 other csi shows I and mean, star trek spawned the next generation and ds9 and all the other things you know uh yeah so that I, is... I just feel 
Disney's kind of whorish about it. I mean, no offense, Disney, but uh, they just, it's, they literally will do a spinoff sometimes of a show when it, you just, just because people like the character and not because there's any actual reason that any of it makes sense. They'll just throw it together because uh, the the ratings were high for the 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 shows that that character was on. Right. So I mean, but who knows? There's clearly yeah. there's a lot of stuff that's going that happens in that. Maybe time that was frame. Nickelodeon. Yeah, anyway, you're right. Matter. They all do it. They're all whores. There's. I mean, there's just a lot of time in between Sith and all New whores. Hope, so, um. You know, Agreed. it would be it would be a logical thing for them to to continue uh, the shows, you know, because Rebels is done. Clone Wars is wrapping up. Uh, Dave Filoni is uh, fairly, well, yeah, let's say genius. He's a kind of a genius when it comes to these animated shows. And Obi-Wan's going on right in that time period, too. Obi-Wan so... will be going on. Fallen Order is going on in that time period. Um, yeah, there's a lot of ways that they could definitely go with this. So, you know, I think, I don't know that we'll see the Bad Batch again this season. Maybe like in the final episode, maybe they show up to save Rex. Maybe Rex is I about to I feel like we'll killed, see him you know? at least once more. Yeah. I feel like we'll see him at least once more and most likely the finale. Um, but <coughs> I, I also think when I say once more, I don't mean we're only going to see him once more. Um, once more this season, but after that, I think you're so right about a spinoff or utilizing them in some other property because they, I feel they've they've done a good job of holding up a series or holding up the the season, the first four episodes. They held up their story and the the the, the, the show really well. I enjoyed them. Yeah, it wasn't bad. But Third now, and fourth yeah. were a lot better than second and first and second. But we also got a lot more Anakin and a lot more Jedi. Yes, but now I know everybody is probably jonesing and itching to see Ahsoka and Maul, and you know maybe some Obi Wan and some other of the Jedi doing their thing. Um, they only have eight Ooh, episodes. Ahsoka would be cool. Well, no, they need to do Ahsoka. They have to. There's no ifs, ands, or buts. Ahsoka, if you're going to do the Clone Wars and you do 12 episodes and Ahsoka doesn't show up in all of them, or I'm sorry, in Fuck any you. of them, people are going to be pissed. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, so we, we got to be getting to Ahsoka and Maul at some point here very, very soon. And then probably... We're gonna have to see some more Anakin slipping towards the dark side, and Obi Wan trying to, trying to get him to cling to the light, uh, and you know maybe some more drama with Padme. Who knows? Uh, but I guess we'll find out here in just a few days because every Friday for the next eight weeks we have eight more episodes coming. So uh, stay tuned. We'll be doing this again every week through the the duration of the show, and then um, and then on past that. So. For oh, this I just week, meant. Though, I just said. I just meant this, as in we're doing this. Oh, yeah. Show discussion oh, through yeah. the end of the series, and then you know we're probably actually once we have the whole story, probably going to do a whole Clone Wars series recap, um, just to kind of bridge everything together. Although that's a lot of episodes to watch, so maybe we'll just pick high moments from uh, story wise and high points uh, from each season. But yeah, we we definitely need to discuss the series as a whole. 
We may just even do a show, a season per show recap. We, we'll see. We'll, we'll, we'll pick it apart and figure out what's going to be the best for you guys as far as uh, how we can re relay the whole arc of what happened. And if we can get half of it all together, if we can get it all together in one show, we'll see. We don't want to overload you with a whole lot of crap. But right. at the same time, yeah. if it's relevant, then you're going to have to fucking deal with it. Yeah, I mean, we'll <laughs> I'm definitely such a be... bastard. Yeah, you're kind of in a mood tonight. Um, I am. It's, it's it's the tequila. It made me feisty. It's the tequila. It's not the it's not panic or fears from coronavirus. You're not running low on toilet paper. Nothing Actually, we did run out of toilet paper. That's the best part. It's like we we don't have toilet paper, not because for any other reason other than I just haven't gone to the store to get any. And I probably wouldn't be able to now. Well, um, let me let so me tell you, I went and did uh, every two weeks. I do a supply run to uh, the large Walmart in Cumberland, Maryland. And uh, I went in to get a we do the, the pickup. You know, we do the app and mm -hmm. we do our shopping. And then when we get there, we check in on the app and they bring the groceries out. Well, my lovely wife wanted me to pick up a few things that it was too late to add to the list. So I went into the store um, plus I always like to take my kid over to the toy sections cause every now and again, well, no, he always gets a toy and every now and again, I might get a toy. Um, the so, perks. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I'm a big transformers collector, so I like to snag the figures that I like when I see them. So, you know, you can't see them if I don't go and look. So, um, you know, we wound our way over. She wanted me to get kitty litter. I got some kitty litter and then what else did I have to grab pasta? She wanted me to grab pasta. So in between the kitty litter, I thought you were going to say pot, and I was like, "Yeah, you guys are coming along." Uh, never mind, you haven't been in Washington yet. They're almost there. Maryland is almost there. Pennsylvania's working on it. There's, uh, they're they're good on medical, which means recreational shouldn't be too far away. Um, not that I I'm live in Washington, guys. I you guys, huge. <laughs> yes, whenever you hear us mention pothole in reference to uh, to guy over there, it's because of. Yeah, it's not because he's driving a car. We'll just put it to you like that. Um, <laughs> so, but yeah, she wanted me to get pasta. So in between the kitty litter aisle and the pasta aisle is the paper goods aisle. And it is there. They have the toilet paper on one side, paper towels on the other. And you can see the chip section. Like, it's bare. It's just all bare. I mean, and it's a... 60 70 80 foot long aisle bare pallet racking too not just like normal store shelves we're talking giant pallet racking empty empty and that's then, how target was dude except there were kleenex on the shelves at target but not the normal kleenex the menthol ones oh were the only ones left you don't want to put that in your <laughs> asshole <laughs> i was cracking up because i was like oh yeah they even rated the 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 Kleenex for wiping their ass and not the menthol ones. Oh, people, some people are smart. Well, you know, my brother, my brother is in the army and he's stationed at Lewis McCord down there in Lacey. Okay. And he mm -hmm. was, he was going around to stores today and every store he went to, he was sending, putting pictures on Facebook of the empty toilet paper aisles. Um, but yeah, no, I got to the pasta aisle. Uh, Pasta was pretty much non-existent. Soup, pretty much non-existent. Shelves were picked clean. 
And if yeah. you if you know anything about Walmart, then you know how big of a deal it is for them to have empty shelves. Like they don't they don't ever have empty shelves. And if they have empty shelves, it's because they have absolutely nothing that can put be put into that section. So, um, yeah, everybody nationwide seems like they've been stocking up. Um, we've been getting a lot of, uh, you know, like here they closed all the schools for the next two weeks, including the colleges. Oh, dude, we're closed until the 24th, and that may be extended beyond yeah, you guys got April, six weeks, April right? 24th. Six weeks. Yeah, a- not March 24th, guys. April 24th, we're, yeah. April 24th, and we're only, like, at the beginning of March, as you know. If I mean, these shows come out when just after the episodes air, so we're recording just after the episode on Friday, um, which was, what, on the 13th. So there you go. It's like my kids got the the notification hey you're out of school for the next six weeks and it may go longer um are they going to make them go to school during the summer or how are they going to handle uh, that or have they addressed it honestly yeah they they added they added time at the end of the school year um so because they're so they're going to be off for the next six weeks they added five days on to the end of the school year Wow, so, five days. Okay, well, five days, six weeks off, and they're going to cram all of that into basically a week. And I'm just going now. There's, eh, your kids there's are in elementary of, school. What their their education doesn't matter that much at this point. What are they learning? Right? <laughs> yeah, it's it's like it's it's. Oh my god. Well, no. So yeah. Allie, Allison, and Sam. You know, Sam, my son, Sam. He goes to school. Mm-hmm. Um three days a week, a little preschool thing. Um, he doesn't have class for the next two weeks at the very least. My wife is on spring break for the next two weeks. And then her, her courses have been moved to online only for the remainder of the year. Oh yeah. And that's, yeah, the college here, a lot of the stuff, but I mean, at the same time, I'm not going to say a whole lot because if you look at the Washington numbers, like just the Washington statistic numbers. Um, we're already at uh, 769 cases confirmed. And I know it's it's excessive to say the 42 deaths just because of the nursing home stuff. But at the same time, with like New York is the only other closest with 729. Everybody else has... I mean, the next closest is California with 335. So we're twice as much as the third place and below. Um, so, oh no, yeah. Washington State definitely seems to be have been the ground zero. Holy um, cow, it's crazy. But it, I mean, but that nuts. that shouldn't that doesn't surprise me, and it probably doesn't surprise you because that Seattle region, you know, like that belt from mm-hmm. Seattle up to Vancouver, Canada is fair a fairly large asian community and i think that they've they always have people coming and going so um, well and i know people that yeah they'll they'll drive up to vancouver to, i think catch a flight down to seattle or an international to catch an international because it ends up being cheaper Right. I don't know how it all works. I don't ask me. I think what they're doing, what they're looking at, is uh, plane jumping rather than driving all the way down to Seattle. Well, I know um, they just I jump. I when I flew 
when when I was still living up in your area, I went to Vegas for a week with my family. And mm-hmm. um, you know, we all just met down there. Um okay. but I took I took a flight from Bellingham to Seattle and then Seattle to Vegas because it was cheaper for me to fly from Bellingham than it was to drive and leave my car parked down there for a week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And that, yeah, the, and since that goes on and with all those things going on, yeah, people just do that plane hopping. And so, and next thing you know, you have not only are they jumping like that, but they're driving and traveling the corridor. I mean, I know other people that they'll fly into Seattle and then they drive down to wherever they have to go because it's cheaper to come in and fly and then rent a car and then drive wherever in the state that they need to go. And so there's constantly people traveling the I-5 corridor once they come in through Seattle. And it just, yeah. yeah well, I mean, and then there's constantly people just coming into Seattle. You know, Seattle is one of the major, one of, I mean, there's a Seattle and then there's Los Angeles. And I mean, yeah, you could probably say Portland too, but uh, Seattle and LA are the two major entrances to on the West coast. If you're coming from anywhere in the Pacific. So, and actually right. I think it's Seattle. I'm pretty sure it's Seattle because they would come from somewhere in Asia, probably land and swap planes or refuel in Hawaii and then Hawaii on over, or maybe even maybe they fly into Anchorage. And then if you're flying from Anchorage, you're going to stop in Seattle. In um, Seattle, and that's the other part. If you fly into LA, which is entirely possible, the, the catch about flying into LA and not a knock on them and not saying that Seattle is better because it hasn't been lately. Um, traffic. You fly into Seattle, you're still going to start getting places that you're trying to go, even if you use it as the hub, like, and then you hop somewhere else with a shorter flight to another city. Um, I don't know what the cost difference is. Uh, I don't know any of that stuff, but I do know that that population wise density wise seattle's still smaller than la and so especially if you're traveling by car out of the airport uh, and you had to pick which one you're going to go um and you have equal distance to travel either way i would pick seattle in a heartbeat over la uh, oh yeah because la is a is i mean as bad as we think we had it in seattle um yeah, traffic in LA is just a nightmare. I remember the last it's time I drove. But yeah. The last time I drove in LA, I was on I five. You know, and we came over the grapevine, and to drop down into LA, and it was literally nothing but a sea of tail lights, as far as you yeah. could see, as far as you could see. And I love to drive down. Like I can't. I really I. Quickly, I can't. I mean, I want to say it's under freaking six times so one hand definitely i can count the number of times i've driven to disneyland but i don't know off the top of my head um which is really sad but uh been there enough to say that i've driven down there enough to say that i don't know um and the last time we went down that was exactly what we experienced and it was just like oh fuck yeah and yeah. especially after you've been driving for a long, you know, a good long day, it's like to to feel like we're almost there. Oh, there's this. Here we go. Oh, are you fucking kidding me? I should, yeah, I it's like early. it's like what twelve or fourteen hours on I five from Seattle straight down to 
straight down um, to Anaheim? If you go st- this, it's dependent on what speed you drive. Um, I was have always been able to basically. I always, it's. I want to say twenty two hours straight. Um, from Seattle. Yeah. No. Yeah. No way, dude. Because I went from Moscow, Idaho, when I was still living there way long ago, to Anaheim in eighteen hours. Uh, well, let's find. Well, we'll find out. And I went because I, I don't I know went through the center of Oregon, and then we. Um, we hit California in weed. We went into weed, California. Oh yeah. Here we go. Here we go. It's, uh, uh, on I five from Seattle to Anaheim is 18 hours. Okay. 18 hours. Wow. That's, that's calculated with, and my, my guess is they're calculating, uh, speed limits and everything like that. Traffic, speed limit and traffic. Uh, yeah. All the different stuff going on, construction. But right now it's saying 18 hours, uh, which, and I, I guess I always just planned it for, to kind of break it up into two days just because my ass is not young anymore. Oh, no. Uh, uh, dude, back- after after about 10 hours in the car, because that was the when I was moving to Pennsylvania, that was the longest I did was coming across Montana. Uh, when I hit the 10 hour mark, we were in Billings and I'm just like, we could go a little farther, but I'm just done. Let's just be done. Not going to do it. Let's yeah, just be done for I the day. You. And so we were. Um, but anyways, yeah. So uh, I don't know where we were before we started talking about coronavirus. But uh. but anyway, <laughs> well, I think we were pretty much wrapping it up. Um, I can't think of a whole lot more on the whole everything to say other than. That was the new episode, episode four, uh, Unfinished Business, I think it was called. Unfinished Business, yeah. Um, And good episode, best one yet. Uh, Definitely catch it if you haven't already. There are some good moments to see. uh, Good, good cinematography, good uh, animation, you know. Good storytelling. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I loved it. I loved it. Oh, so before we wrap this up, though, mm-hmm. um, I I know you know, and I know I know, but I'm not sure our audience knows how much that we love uh, Kevin Smith. Uh, he's a big, big influence and obviously a big influencer in the, the podcast, sci-fi, comic book realm. Um, well, so, you know, he Kevin did, Smith fucking rocks. He's the man. Um He's the fucking best. Such, and he's such a nice guy. Like, seriously, such a nice guy. Um, but, he, you know, he was on his Reboot Roadshow tour, which luckily for him, managed he managed to do that before the coronavirus scare hit. Um, mm-hmm. But he didn't keep up on anything. And so, like, he was on tour when The Mandalorian came out, and he never watched any of it. He was saving it for after the tour. So the tour is done, and... I heard that he has he watched it. He so he started watching the Mandalorian and uh, I read his post and his post was pretty much echoing everything we've said. It's perfect. It's the best Star Wars thing ever. And to give everything to John Favreau that has that has Star Wars attached to it, just let him do it. Um, so, you know, we're clearly we're clearly not alone in our opinions. See, and he's a smarter dude than we are. 
Fucking listen to him. Well, yeah, for sure. He he knows his shit. And, I mean, he and he knows people. I mean, that's the other thing is he has access that him and I, that guy and I, can only dream of. Maybe one day we'll have some access. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe not. That's not really why we're yeah. doing it. Access. Yeah, we're doing this because we enjoy talking and we enjoy Star Wars. So, And, yeah. So you guys are just going to have to deal with that and deal with us, and we're glad that you are. We love you. Well, I mean, I don't I, I, I don't know. We them. love them. Okay. We love them. Okay. We, we, okay. We, we love you. There you go. See how good that felt? No, that felt weird. It felt weird? Yeah. Well, it was, I guess. On that note, should we say goodbye? I guess. I mean, as long as I don't have to tell them I love them again. You don't have to tell them you love them again. Okay, but I will you, say you just we, have to say the beautiful words. We appreciate your you listening and you know putting up with our random babbles that we've had uh, this episode. Uh, we we invite you back next week and every week after that for more uh, Star Wars news, talk, information, rumors, and fun. Uh, don't forget our social media. Facebook, look up the Broom Boys. You'll find us, and we are on Twitter at Buddy underscore Guy, Buddy underscore Guy, because some douche has Buddy and Guy taken already. I'm gonna find out who one day, maybe, <laughs> and get our proper Twitter handle. Uh, but anyway, yes, follow us on social media. Hit us up on social media. Talk to us. Interact with us. We are anxiously awaiting your your engagement with us. We are ready and willing to engage. So please do, and until next week, guys, we have spoken.